Welcome to In The Know. Uh, Mason and I are finally back in your ears and on your cell phones and wherever you listen to us. We're coming to discuss basically uh, the moves the Pelicans haven't made so far in in the (laughs) Pelicans offseason, specifically uh, referring to the extensions of one Larry Nance Jr. and one C.J. McCollum. We're going to talk about stuff that's going around the league with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, a little bit of Lakers stuff in there as well. And we'll talk about some of the Pelicans' current roster construction. So tune in. That will never get old. <laughs> never, ever, ever get old. We haven't used it too much, but it's it's really it's really cool. And now, yeah, it's going to have to continue in perpetuity. That's great. We need Justin to give us more buttons uh, for things that just like give us sounds. So like around the horn type stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to be able to just click on things and and things appear on the screen and yeah. and sounds happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, what's up, Mason? Man, we haven't uh, chatted in a minute. I, August is usually deep in the doldrums of the NBA. A lot of uh, NBA people take this time to go on vacations and get married and do all the things they can't possibly do while the season's going on or while free agency's going on and all that. So what have you done? Moved into a house. That seems significant. Um, So, so I have a, this is, I'm in my actual office and now it feels like I'm not, um, I'm kind of separating out my work life from my, like the rest of my life. Um, And so I don't know. Um, It's, it's good to have this space. Good to, to have, to be finally be moved in um, and just, relishing peak suburbia at this point um but uh not not quite as exciting as you though um you i think you should tell folks about what you've been up to oh god um (laughs) yeah so i played in the world club championships for uh ultimate frisbee it was in cincinnati ohio what what, what this means is it was actually in a place called lebanon ohio which they pronounce lebanon and um beautiful uh, quaint little town uh not much to do there except for play frisbee and um yeah it was it was a cool experience because there were like four thousand players from all over the world just there uh, and it's like four thousand of the best players uh, from all over the world so it was uh, a lot of fun playing opponents and styles um i'll never get to play against in the u.s here and so we played um nine or ten games and each of those games were from an opponent from a different country and we didn't get to play one u.s team which i found um as a a positive because i play u.s teams all the time and quite frankly they're all the same i mean like they all play the same style and and so it, it was really cool to compete against athletes from just all over the globe and uh that was a lot of fun we didn't do too well but uh had a lot of fun <laughs> i mean you're competing against the best of the best so yeah yeah we it was it was actually a team that um had to get put together uh pretty quickly and uh, it was a team that was supposed to come from india and their the original members of the team weren't able to come because their visas were denied um courtesy of the u.s government shout out shout out government um but uh, so the one of the members whose visa did get approved, uh, he contacted me and asked me to help put a team together stateside and just kind of scrambled to to do it in a span of a couple of weeks. And it was um, 
difficult because it's a prohibitively expensive tournament and and a lot of teams were also protesting. There were some teams that sat out from this tournament just because of the costs. Um, so there was just a lot of problematic things with hosting it in the U.S. Um, this this time around. And it's 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 not often that it gets hosted in the U.S. and, and you know it kind of travels across the world, but um, it definitely impacted. Uh, teams that were less privileged or teams whose countries don't have great relationship with the country. And, um, and so, yeah, they also impacted us and and we put, put together a team and um, I met, I met some really cool people who I probably never would have met otherwise and had a great time playing with them. Well, I uh, pros and cons, I guess, but um glad, glad it was a you know decent experience overall for you. Sound, sounds like something, if you can do it, you don't want to pass up, obviously. No. And I'd absolutely do it again. Yeah, to, to and even just like there's like a moment of that tournament after you've you know like so everyone like gets five like pool play games and then you get bracket play depending on your seating or consolation bracket play if you don't make like the main bracket and you know you kind of play it starts like on a Sunday and then you play until like the next Friday so you're playing frisbee every single day for a week basically and then the finals are on the following Saturday which is mm-hmm. by the time you're approaching Friday. Um, if you're a team like us, you're shifting more into spectator mode uh, mm-hmm. because your your games per day are decreasing and um, and you get a lot more time on your hands to watch the best of the best at that point who are um, in, doing the opposite. Instead of going to spectator mode, they're going into win or go home mode. Mm-hmm. And and it's fun to watch literally the best players uh, from the world like just go at it against each other. So yeah. that was that was a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. Well, um, fortunately, you haven't missed much in the, in the NBA world, except some just kind of like weird rumors that are in, in just speculation. I think people trying to manufacture news at this point, which is typical August. So good, good timing for uh, for, for for you to do that. I think Fletcher texted me while I was doing this, and I was like, "Dude, I'm on Do Not Disturb for a week. <laughs> I'm not going to check my phone, and like I barely checked my phone while I was there." Which what what uh, summer league player was it about? Oh my God. What was it about? I don't even remember, man. <laughs> I think it was probably about Durant, but I don't know. Okay. Not quite a summer league player, but fair. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. Durant's still out there. <laughs> yes. Kevin Durant, if you have not been following the news, has met with ownership of the Brooklyn Nets and expressed his desire to either be traded or to have Sean Marks, the general manager fired and Steve Nash, the head coach, fired. So who he wanted, he was, right? <laughs> right. Who he got Kenny Atkinson fired to, <laughs> to to replace. And I remember it was it was this, you know, to be fair, this wasn't Durant, this was Kyrie, but Kyrie was like, This is I'm the head coach, and Durant's the head coach, and Steve is the head coach, and we're all collaborative head coaches. And I'm paraphrasing and exaggerating, but that was the, the spirit of what he said. And uh, and and so it's kind of funny to see this um, outcome now, where it's like, well, I don't want these people, and and really and truly, I think KD, like that's really not, that's not like a real like ultimatum. That's just him, like I'm going to make this ugly, in my opinion. Where he's, I don't think he, I don't think he truly believes that is a viable request on his part. I think that's his way of like, how can I make the situation untenable? And reiterate the idea that I don't want to be here, and and perhaps go to a team that um, you know that I can go to, and and this maybe you know like yes okay offers are bad, but maybe this makes it so 
that out of the bad offers, Phoenix, where I want to go to, can offer something competitive uh, to where the Nets just say, good riddance, let's just go get this guy. Or do you, do you get think, rid of this guy. Do you think offers are going to get worse because of this? Where like kind of this like yes. supply demand uh, kind of uh, inter- intertwining there where, yeah, you, you because he's doing this, yes. it seems like, well, this is so bad for you that we don't need to offer as much to get it. And you're still going to want to get it, get rid of them. So not. Well, I think, I think there's two things going on here. One, I think the Nets, apparently Windows were like the Nets see this as a win because they can like decide not to trade him and, which, which is like, all right, he's just probably going to sit out, which I think is now more he likely. Will. I think it is now a more likely wow. outcome than I thought wow. a month ago. A month ago, yeah. I'd have been like, no way, dude. It's like he's 30-whatever years old, 33, yeah. 34, and he'd be like, yeah, no, I, I, I can't waste a year of my life. Or I think now he's in fuck you mode, and and they're trying. I guess. Yeah, like I guess that the the bet on his part would be if I sit out, there's no way they're gonna they're gonna just let me sit all season. They're gonna move me ASAP. So that I guess that would be the the play isn't saying like I with the expectation of sitting out all season. It's probably like the if I do start sitting out, the game it's gonna be a game of chicken and they're gonna blink first, right? That's well, unlike unlike Ben Simmons, like he's already got that paycheck. Like like the he, he you know he he also gets paid up front a little bit. And so he got delivered that paycheck. I think Mark Stein was talking about it. And and I don't think he's going to get fined. Oh, maybe they, they might fine him. I don't know. But I think he'd be like, that. that's an interesting one. I think he could. I wonder if there's a way for him to like sit out and take his, some of his money versus not. But I don't know. No. Maybe it is the same thing as Ben Simmons. And he loses the money. <laughs> but either either way, the, the, the other aspect of it is um, – teams will now go to Brooklyn and be like, well, why would I offer you everything that we have when he can just turn around in a year and do this to us? Hmm. And he can be like, I want the coaches fired. I want the GM fired. I want, or I'm going to leave. So, so whether or not it's a credible threat on Durant's part, it, it has to be treated as such. If you're a team trying to acquire him, if you're a team putting in assets putting and mortgaging your future to go get him. And and to me, like, obviously, if you're New Orleans, if you're Toronto, if you're Boston, you're not putting in your your blue chippers, right? You're not putting in Brandon Ingram. You're not putting in um, Scotty Barnes and, and Jalen Brown and, and all that stuff. But I don't know. I mean, I it's, it's just going to be an ugly situation for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder how much that holds, holds weight now versus at some point, is it, just, just the reality that there's only one Kevin Durant and kind of the, the, the offers kind of creep back up because he is who he is and that you can't really, you know, get, get a player of his ability elsewhere. Um, I, I I'm curious to see like, you know, over the next few weeks that what, what I guess we'll never really know what offers, how offers might change over the time. We'll just know what offer gets accepted, but um, or if one does get accepted, but I'm, I'm curious to see how, how long that depressed market might last for. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I still think, like, the worst offers still are probably, like, somewhere in the realm of, like, three to four picks and three to four swaps. So, like, I, I don't think there's – I think there's a floor to how bad the offers are going to get. And mm-hmm. and at some point, you're going to have to match salary. And if you look at the, the teams sort of involved in it, like, when you're trying to match salary, you're probably – outside of New Orleans, you're, you're including decent players, right? I mean, even with New Orleans – if you were trying to get it done with just all of the role players, you would have to include Jonas in there. 
and 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 so like at some point you're still getting decent players whether or not it fits your timeline or objectives whatever that's that's a separate discussion but just to reach Kevin Durant's salary it requires there to be a floor on the offer in terms of like the players involved and and the picks involved so I don't think they'll be bad yeah we'll see uh, I'm uh so where are you at where are you at would you would you still hey I will I would offer anything that's non-Brandon Zion Yeah, yeah, I would. I mean, that 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 team is just so good that the the Pelicans. So assuming Jonas is going out, like that team with Brandon, with Zion, with KD. I mean, they're they're fav- almost. I mean, they're favorites, right? What team would be better than them? They would have to be the favorites. Yeah. Yeah, you would have yes. to scounge together a bench of, of minimums. And so, like, if anyone gets hurt, you're kind of screwed. But, you know, like, who's your starting center at that point? Dwight Howard? Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, Zion KD frontcourt. Boogie Cousins. <laughs> Man, don't care. Like, that team is just too good, I think. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not going to be – there's no trade you can make for Kevin Durant that doesn't have – an element of risk to it like that this it is what it is but right i, I don't i mean and, we and on the flip side there's n- like anything you do that doesn't involve kevin durant also has elements of risk to it so it's right. just like yeah. you have to decide which risk you're more comfortable with yeah yeah if the ultimate goal is to win a title there's risk in every possible scenario because you're still there's no scenario that's going to make you more than 50 percent likely to win the nba title right so the it, you've got to make calculated decisions well, Daryl Morey's whole thing is if you if you can in any given season increase your chance to a five percent chance of winning a title, not by five percent, but just to a five percent chance, you should do everything it takes to to do that. And you know, there's people that agree with that philosophy and and, and don't. And and um, Morey clearly hasn't won anything yet, but no. I, I don't think it's been because he's taken too big of swings, right? Um, but yeah, I, you know, sort of, okay. Move it, moving on from, from KD. It's same conversation from a month ago, except, you know, he's just made more, more shit uglier. Um, we were talking about the depth in, uh, with, on the Pelicans. And so I wanted to talk to you. People talk about this. This is a very, very deep team. Um, and I think in, in a, in a ways it is, but I think a couple areas where, it's pretty shallow and can be exposed pretty quickly is the big man depth, um, specifically the center depth and, and the guard depth. So if Jonas goes down, I don't think you have a credible replacement for him for, for a long stretch. Now, can you unlock a lineup, a small ball lineup that features Nance at the five or, or Trey or Herb or Zion or whatever, some combination of the, your wings at the five um, that pl- has to play 20 minutes a game. And, you know, you kind of like make your other 20, 25, 28 minutes up at the center spot uh, with, with Billy Hernan Gomez and Jackson Hayes, who's currently on the roster or whatever ends up going on there. Maybe, but like, do you think you can survive the regular season doing that? 
depends on your definition of survive, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a need. Um, yeah, I thought I thought we were trading for uh, Mason Plumley and Landry Shamit and having them on the, the podcast with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 addresses both the guard and the, <laughs> and the big man stuff. Plumley would be a good good replacement for Jonas on the bench. He's a good passer. He's not a good defender or anything, but someone to to just eat up minutes. I think that would be fine. But you know, I guess we'll see. I I don't think any of this stuff is going to get resolved anytime soon i think if anything at this point you just wait until the deadline and see what your needs are because it's it definitely seems that like that's where things are headed at the moment um but let's let's talk about the guards for a second you have cj mccollum jose alvarado Devontae graham as your healthy guards uh dyson daniels also is a guard um so you know maybe maybe he gets an increased workload or maybe he sees more play time than than we're used to from a rookie scene and you have Kyra Lewis who's injured on the bench um his return date unclear so I think you know like if CJ goes down can you survive and I think yes it I think if Zion is healthy and Brandon Ingram is healthy you can there, you can make those lineups work it's your team it gets, from la- it's your guard death from last year <laughs> It is your guard death from last year. It's just kind of wild to think about. Yeah. Which the, that team was like, as soon as Herb became Herb, that team was fine. Uh, you know, and you obviously you don't have Josh Hart in this scenario, but, but you do have Zion and you have other, other, other players who are a year older um, and a year more, you know, experienced. So, and you, and Jose wasn't playing much in the first half of last year too. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm not super. I'm, I, I think I'm. I'm in your camp. Which before, if you remember, we had this conversation about what's the biggest need for this team uh, a couple months ago, and I said guard depth, and you said the big, the big man depth, and I've, I've switched, and I, I, I agree with you. Like this is because it, it really is. It, it just gets back to what the Pelicans' guard depth was last season, which was not like not terrible. And and so if you're talking about losing a player of CJ's caliber and you're going to not terrible, like. Okay, better than what what's going on with the big man death, which was I think, like you said, is it's much more challenging to piece that together. Yeah, I over think a long you period, can, you can get creation from Brandon and Zion enough to where your wing depth can take over from there, right? So, like, you know, maybe maybe Dyson is fantastic, and you just like you don't really miss a beat, and your offense, you know, it's like okay, those CJ shots just get distributed around to to Jonas probably he's the one that's going to lose his shots the most in my opinion um and your offense probably like stays afloat because you have Zion on the floor and that's that's a that's a great offense at any moment that he's playing um and and so yeah I think you can put in Jose you can put in Devante you can put in whoever and then you're giving more minutes to Trey you're giving more minutes to Herb um and and Larry is probably getting more minutes, so you can probably absorb the loss of 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 CJ there. But then I think when you start when you when you lose two guards, that's when it gets a little bit trickier because then you have a rookie as your bench guard. I love how you said when you lose two guards. Is it like that's the Pelicans' lock and that's what's going to happen at some point? I mean, if it doesn't happen, then it will be one of the most successful seasons we have seen in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but if you lose two guard two if you lose two two 
know, meaningful players at any spot, I think you run and start running into some challenges though, right? Maybe, but I think you could survive that like on the wings. Like, How crazy is that? Lead. Just it, just by itself. How crazy is that for this Pelicans? This for the last ten years of Pelicans basketball. Like on the wings, we actually feel way better than at the guard position or at the center or at the like the big man position. Like that's nuts. That it is pretty so, nuts. Yeah. Like if you're losing Bi and Zion, you're screwed um, because it's Bi and Zion. But if you're losing, let's say like Bi misses some games and then like Trey misses some games. I think like you know it's it's a weird lineup structure, but you'd be fine with Zion and Herb, and then probably like Dyson filling in some of those minutes um, uh, at at the wing. Like it, it wouldn't be fantastic, but you could probably do what the Pelicans did last year when when CJ was on the team and Bi wasn't. Um, probably a little better because I, you're not giving enough credit to Zion at that point. <laughs> um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, if if Zion goes down, you know the team is equipped to handle that loss, and they've already done it. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the weak points we we're, we were agreeing on where the weak points are. It's just how weak are they? Yeah. Uh. So somewhat related question. I probably not that related, but do you have do you have any concerns about Jonas as it relates to his? the role he's going to play for this team at full strength. Do you feel like there's reason to be concerned about him not like not being happy about not getting enough touches or like, obviously he's going to be someone who you, you rely on to help clean up the offensive glass and you can get garbage buckets that way. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mouths to feed on this team. And I feel like he's, he, he could be one who gets shorted. And I, I want to, I hope that it's not a problem, but I haven't really thought about it much until now. No, I think, if you look at his last Memphis uh, stint, he played like 26 minutes a game, which is where I would want him at for this uh, for this team. And I think in those 26 minutes, you could stagger it enough to where he is being fed and he is on a team. I think when you put that much offensive firepower on a team, like his buckets are basically all going to be dunks or like just like offensive rebound putbacks. And so he may not, get a lot of shots, but he may score like 12 points a game on like eight shots and go like six from eight every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously it's not going to be that clean. He's going to get the free throw line and that kind of stuff. But um, I think he is going to be satisfied if the team is successful and they're winning. I think if they're a bad team and he wasn't getting fed shots, he would have issues. I think as long as yeah. – they're good. They're successful. They're winning games. And, you know, he has opportunities in certain matchups to cook. Then, then I think he'll, he'll be okay. He signed the extension. So he's at, yeah. Yeah. I mean, signed it before we traded for CJ, uh, but I mean, yeah, to your point, if the team's getting better, you would think you would hope that he's, he, he can, he can be happy. Um, even, and, and, and your point is, is well taken about being uh, a staggering him more, putting him with more bench lineups where he needs to get buckets. So um yeah hopefully that like i would structure the lineups basically you know obviously you want to to pair zion with with strong players on some of the bench units but basically you have to do a lineup maybe like the first sub is when zion sits out and you're doing a lineup that's that's all like last year's lineup and and that's like that five so it's like cj uh her bi Jonas, and then you're putting one person in there maybe Devontae, which i hope not right like trey 
that's the one that is the one to put in there. <laughs> Willie Green, please don't make this mistake. Or, this or, year. or, or Gary Temple. We'll see. It could be either. One. Oh God. Can we, can we sign Tom, Tomas Zanaransky? <laughs> we have a roster spot. We don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, Trey would be the one to put in there. And then, you know, you run that unit. I would a hundred percent want Trey to be the first person off the bench. Like, Zero questions asked, right? Um, but you know, you and then and then I think I would like sit Jonas, bring Nance in, Larry, and yeah. and then you sit Herb and you bring Zion back in, and then maybe Jose is brought in for CJ and um whoever is brought in for BI and 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 all of a sudden you have a more Zion centric unit with um some shooters and it's more spaced out with, with Nance at the five and and yeah, Zion gets the rumble and tumble. On, on the bench yeah yeah i mean a lot of there are a lot of sensible combinations but there are a few nonsensible ones so um <laughs> i guess we'll we'll see how things play, out. play the most nonsensical combination at the end of quarters uh at the end of third quarter specifically and in, in the beginning of fourth and you'd be like what is going on and next thing you know tony snell is playing after he hasn't played in two months <laughs> in an elimination game against the Clippers. And you're like, why, why Tony Snell? Why, why? And it's not even Tony Snell's fault. <laughs> I, yep. That, that, that turnaround, that qu- third to fourth quarter, man, I, I just, what I, I still can't really explain that roller coaster of emotions um, about like what it's like, what the hell's going on here. And then I was like, wow, that was like one of the most perfectly coached fourth quarters I've ever seen. So um, hopefully we get more of the fourth and less of the third this season. It's it's perfectly coached when you put Trey Murphy in. That's all I got to say. There's no criticisms if you put Trey Murphy in. But um, moving on to topics, unless you wanted to touch more on the roster depth. I feel weird talking about the roster depth right now because I, I still feel like things are incomplete or, or in, they're in the balance because of the KD stuff. Yep. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. We can't talk about things that don't exist. I mean, and when Tony Snell is unsigned at the, to this point, that means that the offseason is not finished yet league-wide, right? Oh, duh. Duh. I mean, Tony Snell. Yeah. Got to put him on a roster. Yeah. Um, we, let's look at – let's talk about some over-unders. Uh, DraftKings, shout-out DraftKings, our sponsor, as you can see on the screen. You can use the promo code BOOT. Um they they have the over unders up um for the regular season wins and do you want me to just like tell you the Pelicans one and and we talk about that or do you want to just kind of like go through the Western Conference go through some interesting ones how do you want me to do this um let's uh let's I don't know. I mean, we can. We'll let's let's talk about the West, or maybe even like the division. Uh, you want to talk about like to to see where the Pelicans stack up in the Southwest? Could I mean? Okay. Could the okay. Yeah. Yes. So first in the Southwest, um, you can guess who that that might be. I mean, M- Memphis, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Memphis. Uh, they're at forty-eight and a half, which is um, less than they had, you know, from last year. Which forty-eight and a half it's reasonable given how good they were, but Jaron Jackson Jr.'s missing so much time. They don't have the Anthony Melton. They don't have Kyle Anderson. They're adding more young players. Like that, that's a reasonable one. I don't, I wouldn't feel confident saying over or under in that one. I would not touch that. I I'm with you. Um, I I think that's, that seems 
relatively on point um, given the, the roster didn't get better. I mean, I think like last year you could make the, like and plenty of Memphis fans did and they were right that, you know, we're, Jonas is kind of like a superfluous asset and, and they did what they did because they didn't think he was, you know, that he was as necessary for their offense and kind of trial like forced some of their players to take on bigger roles and it worked out for him. I don't really think you can make that case for the you know moves they made this, this year. I, I, I don't think they're so I think the roster is not quite as good, but I think you've got like jaw's going to get better. And so I think internal development keeps them, about where they were last year, if they were healthy, and then they get to the Jaron Jackson topic, and so yeah, I mean, I I would expect their win loss record to take a step back this year, given everything. Um, so I, I I wouldn't touch that one. I think it seems fair. Okay, yeah, I'm I am with you. So number two uh, is the Dallas Mavericks, and they have the same win total as the Grizzlies, forty eight and a half, and I would go under on this one. What's the what's the rationale? The rationale is their lack of creation on the roster now that Brunson Christian Woods is gone. Christian Woods thinks JaVel McGee is <laughs> a dinosaur and and Jonas and Zion will eat him for breakfast. Um yeah, and they have no depth. I mean, they're counting on Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back. Okay, I mean that's a, that's a sh- nice shooting ad, Which, but at what point though? Like, what he will be back for opening? He won't be right. This, I don't that'd know. Be, that'd be surprising if he's back. For maybe maybe night. Spencer Dinwiddie rounds to to greater form because he would have had more time under his belt mm-hmm. away from the ACL surgery. I mean, I guess there's not really any key young players you can count on for like major leaps. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith, the mm-hmm. same tier player as Brandon Ingram um may have something to say about that though so i don't know man maybe he's he's gonna mess up my over-unders here yeah i mean i i think if i'm trying to come if i'm picking the team that i think is going to be better between them and memphis i'm taking the grizzlies um and this basically right if you're going to take the mavericks over i think you're saying that luca's going to be maybe he's if, if the, the an mvp the mvp yeah and so um i'm going under i'm not going like it probably wouldn't be one of my favorite bets. It's not, but it's, I, I think, I, I think Memphis is the better team over the next, over an 82 game season, given where they are with injuries and things like that. So um, I, I, I would take slightly under for Dallas, but it, it's, it's not easy for me. Cause I, cause you know, look, Luca is that good. <laughs> Luca's been surprisingly one of the most durable players. I mean, I guess it's not surprising, right? Um, he doesn't have a game style that lends itself to a lot of injuries, but he's been a very durable uh, player. But that's that's one player where it's like, okay, if he goes down, does that team win twenty games over an eighty-two game season? It's not. No, I mean, like, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> I mean, well, twenty is really bad, but they're they're one of the worst teams in the league. I think that's fair without Luca. Right. And so, I mean, that's, that's his MVP case. Right. And, and so if they're beating that, that, that over under, as you said, and if they're beating it by a lot, then yeah, he's had a crazy year. So yeah, I'm not sold on their depth, man. I would, I would say that's the under on them. Not, I think the Pelicans are, will be a better regular season team. Uh, just with, without anything more, uh, like the, the, that's everything as is right now. No, no changes from here to the regular, to start the regular season. You take Pelicans. 
Correct. Over the Mavs? I do take the Pelicans over the Mavs, which is where the Pelicans are in their division on the over-unders. That 44 and a half. And at this point, I'm taking the over. Me too. Uh, I I feel like... So, I mean, the easy argument, right, is the pace they were playing at with CJ on the roster was about that. And then you add Zion to the mix. And you add... And, and really, no player on their team is one where you look at and say... I mean, maybe Jonas... as, as Who's going to decline? Who's going to get worse from last year to this year? And I, I can't... I can't find a player who I think it, it would be like a, a real rotation player that would fit that criteria. Like maybe, maybe Jose Alvarado was, was a, you know, flash in a bottle and he's not going to, people are going to figure out some of his gimmicks and he's not gonna be quite as good. Like I, I buy that, but I you could say don't... that you could say that stagnation is possible from a number of their players, but if it's, if it's stagnation, are they getting worse? In my opinion, right with the added chemistry added time together no right right like you could like there is an argument to be made that herb jones is who he was last year and does that make this a worse team no because who he was last year was one of the best damn defenders in the league and if that's what you're getting and you still have the offensive fire firepower you have then fuck yeah (laughs) and even even so i I would not there very rarely is a rookie that's been as good as Herb was in any like on any side of the ball, like is that as good as they will be, right? Like after one NBA season. I like there there are certainly some who after like three seasons, four seasons, maybe they are who they are, but after one year, I've gotta he the growth he shoot he he was showing offensively even throughout the season makes me not not buy that. Um and so um so yeah, I mean I feel like Jonas is the only guy I could see like maybe making an argument that I could buy that he might not be as good as he was last year, just because of age and, and, and wear and tear things like that. So I, I think that's, I mean, that it, well, he just put up like 20 and 10 in one of the, the, the games, I think he's against Finland. Um, oh, he's playing right yeah. now uh, over in Europe and just yeah. mauling people. <laughs> <laughs> um, he must love that shit, man. <laughs> oh Yeah. Um, have we, did we ever talk about the the LeBron James flopping impersonation video from him? Oh my gosh, we did not talk about that. <laughs> that was I'm surprised. Funny. Yeah, I'm surprised given how like subdued this part of the offseason is that that didn't like. I feel like it caught it, like people were paying attention to it for like half a day, but like then it just went away. And I kind of I figured when anything were involving LeBron like that would would linger for longer, but it, it really didn't. It was hilarious because it's though. Jonas. He's impossible to hate on. I mean. <laughs> it's Jonas. it's like all right dude this dude if i if i had anything bad to say to him he'd rip me in half so um that's cool dude uh yeah yeah, no i think i think that's pretty funny uh he had some great acting chops under his belt um so yeah the pelicans are third in their division they are at 44 and a half they are currently ninth in the west according to DraftKings and the order for the West is the Suns at 52 and a half at number one, the Clippers at 52 and a half at number two. That's an interesting one. Um, I would, I would probably take the under, I don't want to take, ah, shoot. I say I will take the under on the Suns, but if they get Durant, I don't know. It's a little, a little dicey there. I'm not touching the Suns. The Clippers at 52 and a half. Um, I'm taking the under on the Clippers. Um, I, I do think they are going to be better with Kawhi and, and Paul George. I just don't know how much Kawhi Full and Paul take. George are. <laughs> they're gonna get <laughs> yeah um 
and it may not even be important to them come playoff time, like what the regular season win total is if they're both healthy. Uh, the Warriors I've, at 54 I've got and them, a half. I've got them coming out of the West, the Clippers. You do? Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I'd take the over. I think I would. I think I, I, I would take the over. I understand the injury. They haven't concern, even made a conference I, finals yet. I, I, I think their roster is the best one in the West. If they're healthy. Sure. But I, I you know, I, uh, look, it, that's no secret that they're going to be su- super dependent on health. But I, I really feel like, you know, they've got they've got their guys back, and I feel like they're definitely going to be super super conservative throughout the season about minutes and, and things like that. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I think it, I, I, I feel if I had to pick one team right now, I, that they're who I'm picking. Okay, so the Warriors at fifty one and a half. Um, you know, they they'll be getting a healthier Wiseman back and maybe some improvement from Kaminga and, and Moody, but they lost Gary Payton. They lost uh, Otto Porter. Um, they picked up someone else though. Oh, Dante DiVincenzo. I, I mean, it just depends on Draymond, right? Draymond and Steph and, and Clay. I, I think 51 and a half is, I would say under, I don't know. I don't think I trust them to stay healthy for the regular season. I think they can still be a championship level team. It's just, I just don't know if they care about the regular season enough to, to chase some wins. Um, yeah, I think it's fair. I, I mean, I think they're, I, I think I would lean over with them. I feel like they're, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like almost more conf, more confident in the Warriors in the regular season than I do in the, in the playoffs moving forward. I, I just get Draymond, Regular season Draymond at this point in career, I feel so much more confident in than playoff Draymond. Um, really, I'm the opposite way. I don't. I think Draymond won't give a shit in the regular season at this stage I, of his career. Yeah, I guess I. I he just, like so I frequently about, every year, like around March, is like I have to lose 25 pounds in, in four weeks. I got to do it, and uh, he does. He does every time. Yeah, I. I don't know. I just. I. I feel like he, he had a he had a, a, a stretch last year where it was like is he just done? And, and like, and obviously he, he kicked it in the gear in the playoffs. It was still good, but like his level, the level he was at was like, not, you know, peak Draymond anymore. And so I don't know. I, I, I worry about his hit him on offense for that team um, moving forward, but we'll see. Yeah. Weird team. I'm, I am betting against him. Um, the nuggets are, are next at fourth in the West. Uh, at 49 and a half, which seems a little bit high to me, but it, it all it, it all depends on Jamal Murray, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, we're I think you're going under on every team that had the 50 ish win win total over under, and so someone's got to win 50 games, and you probably Someone, a few teams it's the won. Pelicans, that's and, and the Wolves, <laughs> that's the one I'm taking over on. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll get there. Interesting. Um, yeah. What's what's the so is Murray back opening night? Maybe. And then is MPJ back opening night? Is who MPJ? Yeah, yeah I don't know. This is I, I guess I, I don't have I gotta look this up because I haven't I haven't checked into this. Um, but that was obviously a lot of injury questions with them. Yeah, I um, mean, so let's see. The Nuggets won. Ah, oh, shit. You're right. They won 48 last year. Ah, with just with just Jokic, like that. I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of surprised. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's the over. Yep. Take the over. <laughs> they won 48. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually God, like, yeah. Mavs won 52 last year. <laughs> they won 52 games. Losing Brunson matters. Like that. 
Th- that team got worse. Uh, if you're flipping out Brunson with Chris, they, Ward, they went on like a great. run after trading Chris Dapps. Yep. Um. All right. Cool. Anyways. Yep. Nuggets over. You're yeah. right. You're so right. Let, let, let's talk Minnesota. My fault, Nuggets fans. Um. They probably have the. Would you say Jokic is the best player in the West Conference? Who is the best yeah. player in the West Western Conference? Yeah, Jokic is. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I feel I mean, who's, like who's second? Luca? Luca could maybe take the crown. I mean, it, but like, is it LeBron? Is it Curry? Is it? No, nah, it's Jokic. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, think I, I guess I have a harder time figuring out who the second best player is. I think then, because I mean, Jokic's back-to-back MVP, and like, it's I don't know. I find that it's really hard to make the case that he's not the best right now. Yeah. All right. Yep. Nuggets over. They got the best player. Um, the after the Nuggets, it's the Grizzlies at forty eight and a half, and the Mavericks at forty and a half. A bunch of forty eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bunch of forty eight and a half. So, I mean, the Heat, which is not uh, uh, an East uh, Western Conference team, uh, and the Wolves at forty eight and a half, and that is an over I am taking. I like the Wolves for the regular season. I think uh, they're going to be annoying as hell. Yeah. I think. They're gonna out rebound everybody, and and they're gonna score enough with Ant and Cat, and and D'Lo. Um, let's not forget D'Lo here, who, for all his warts, if you give him a rim protector like Gobert, is gonna put up points and rack up a lot of assists. Uh, that's a team I really like. Yeah, I noticed you said regular season, and you made a point about that. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I cannot pretend to predict uh, what the playoffs will look like for them. I, I feel like I'm doing the nerd thing of like, oh, well, when it matters the most against the the Clippers, they'll be only able to play one of their two $50 million big men. And, um, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're just very dominant, and that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, and the betting market seems to agree with you on Minnesota that could, just even slightly because they've got the the over is minus one twenty and the under is plus you know is even. Um, I I think I, I man this it's a weird team, um, but I but I do I, I think that what you're saying makes sense around just they're gonna have they're gonna be a problem uh, to to deal with on both ends of the floor. Like, how do you? Yeah, how do you handle? I, I, I'm I'm curious how they defend the perimeter, um, but maybe it doesn't matter because Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert. Um, but I'm I'm so they not picked touching up Kyle Anderson, and I think that's the best perimeter defender they've had in like ten years since I'm, like AK forty seven. Yeah, I'm not touching this one. Uh, I, I'm not going to pretend I know enough, or I I even have an informed opinion about how that season the season's going to go for them with the roster they have, but. Um, I, if I had to pick one, I think I'd be on your side and, and take over, but I, I'm I'm staying away from that. Dude, one. I think they're going like 55 wins, something crazy. Wow, I think wow. they're gonna be good. Okay, but a yeah, first I round think... playoff exit and 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 peak Rudy Gobert fashion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they well, it depends because if they like if they get like the second seed at like 55 or like the three seed, and they're facing. Um, one of the playing teams. Well, if they're facing one of the playing teams, then they, they should probably beat those unless it's like somehow it's like the trailblazers and Dame goes nuclear or I'm trying to think who like the playing teams might be like, 
I guess the Lakers count, which is the next team. So 45 and a half is our with the Lakers over under. Um, and that's that's another one you just don't want to touch. Oh, I'm going under. You going under? Yeah. I mean, do they trade like for Kyrie? It, it, <laughs> so that's if that if you're not touching it because you think they might trade for Kyrie, fair. And I'm not and touching it because I don't know the health of. LeBron. I think if LeBron and AD are healthy, they win 45. Like that's not difficult for them. I've got no reason to expect that they're going to be. I just at this point, like that's I'm not. Fair. I'm not. I'm not saying this team is going under 40 wins. Like I don't. So, not, what, so what happened last year? I don't think it happens again. But let's say they are a playing team and and they make it into the top eight after the playing resolves itself, and they've beat the Wolves in the first round. Who are you taking? Wait. So I'm sorry. What do you, so they've beaten the Wolves? The Lakers. In the first let's round? say the Lakers are seven and the Wolves are two. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the Wolves have home court advantage. Any any outcome would make me happy. So, <laughs> um, probably Minnesota, but like it's not easy. <laughs> right, it's not. Um, it's not your, your typical seven two series. Obviously, um, that's two dudes. AD does not like playing against Gobert and Cat. That's pretty funny. Yeah, you would have to play him at center. You cannot. Fucking play. Who is their center currently? Do they have one? I I don't know. <laughs> Whatever their center is, you can't play that guy and Rudy Gobert because you're letting Rudy off the hook. And he's just going to clamp his uh, ass. Tom, Thomas place. Bryant. Thomas Bryant. It's probably their uh, best center. He can shoot. Yeah. I mean, I like that pickup for them. Uh, I, I did. He's a, he's a, I mean, I, I, I liked it for two reasons. One, because I think he, he fits well. But also because it gives him another excuse to not play AD at the five. <laughs> so he's not even like a real play. five. He's like, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, anyways, um, <laughs> good for the Lakers. But yeah, I'm going under um, on them pretty comfortably. I don't think they're going to be, but I don't think they're going to be like. I think they're a, they're a play-in range team, but I but I think 45 and a half are given what we see from them historically, health wise, and the age of their their you know LeBron and all that. I I. I too many things have to go right and change for them from where they are right now to, to go over that number to me. Is there is there a team? So we've listed nine teams, ninth being the Pelicans at 44 and a half. Um, is of these nine teams, where 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 are you slotting the Pelicans? Okay, so um I think my my bold take is that I think they could be a better team than Phoenix next year if they don't if Phoenix doesn't trade for KD. Okay. Um, I, am, I, I put Dallas on the list too. I, I do. Um, ye, I'm less convinced about that just because of how good Luca is. Um, but I, I'm not saying it, it's a, I don't think it's a crazy take or anything like that. Um, but like, I know. We're, so the Phoenix Suns over under, we talked briefly about, and you've kind of got to sit there and, and not touch it until KD sorts of stuff out. But if, if nothing else happens, I assume if KD goes somewhere else, the Suns over under comes down, maybe a win or so, but I'm taking them. I'm taking the under on Phoenix. I think even if it's like 51 and a half or 50 and a half, I don't know. I think at some point father time hits CP three and I don't know. Jake, Jake Crowder is going to be useless at some point. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, you might but yes, off the team. There's some drama going on there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and and uh, there's the whole Aiton thing too. Obviously, um, yeah, it's a lot of Cam Johnson is still up for extension. Yep, which they will not Um, touch until the KD thing is resolved. Yeah, which they probably, I mean, knowing them, they probably just not going to extend him. Yeah, let the market sort it out. Yeah, why would you guarantee so much money when you're Robert Sarver and you could save pennies? Um, That's another reason to. That's another reason to short the uh, the Suns. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, so you would so, have him better than the Suns, and is that the the only one? So you'd have him no, like, no, no. I was saying that's probably my 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 boldest take. Like I'm taking the Clippers over New Orleans. I'm taking the Warriors over them. Um, I think I'm taking Memphis. Nope. I don't know for sure though. Nope. I'm not taking Memphis. Okay. I'm taking the Pelicans over Memphis. I'm taking them over uh, the Suns and the Mavs. And I was tempted to take them over the Nuggets until I saw that they won 48 last year. And I was like, but I might just say it. Fuck it. They're, they're going to be better than Nuggets too. Three seed. Three seed. That's where I have them at. Okay. Okay. Um, I am less... Less convinced, and I, I want I want to I want to be in that camp. I really do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not quite there yet. I'm, but I'm, I'm trying to sort out like where in the West I have New Orleans, like in, in terms of the pecking order. So um, I mean, I think they're assuming like normal. Like if you simulate the season a, a bunch of times and 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 take like the the median outcome, I think that. I, I think my ceiling for them is the three seed. That's what I just said. Yeah. That's my four uh, too. That's my ce- <laughs> 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 um, But also, I, I feel like it's just as, I mean, it's almost just as likely as the three seed is they're back in the play-in. But that's just, that's a, that's a statement about the strength of the Western Conference, right? Because you've got, um, like, I think, I think if, you know, everything goes well with Denver health wise. I think they're a better team. Um, My thing is I just look at the roster and I just think they're designed to crush through the regular season as long as there's health. And, and I just think they're going to out rebound every team that they face just about, they're going to crush them on the offensive glass. They're going to destroy them in points in the paint. They're going to be able to outscore them in stagger units just because of their flexibility of, of who to play between Zion, CJ, Brandon, and Jonas. And so I think you look at all of the weaknesses this team has historically had, which are mostly been offense. I mean, the defense has been whatever. I think the defense is going to continue to be whatever, even though Zion is not a very good defender. I think they're just going to be such a menace offensively that their defense is going to be fine because they're going to be able to play in the half court a lot. Um, rather than just continually taking the ball uh um like 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 the opponents continually being able to run on them just because the strength of their rebounding and the strength of yep. like they're making paint baskets like they're going to be shooting high percentage shots um so yeah i just think anatomically this team is designed to crush bad teams and hang in with good teams and and outscore them they have closers yeah I mean, look, I, I think that's I think that's true. Uh, I think we just have to always we, you have to have a, a Zion waiting, right? Uh, with uh, no pun intended, but just like just because you don't know 
what his health situation is going to be like. I mean, you have my my assumption is I'm I'm bullish on Zion because how much he has at stake financially this season to be that guy. Um, and so I, I think that he he's going to take things really seriously. We haven't um, talked about his contract structure. Have, we haven't. No, no, not with the 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 BMI clause. Hmm. the The body fat percentage plus weight has to be under two ninety five or two eighty five. Two ninety five. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I I just kind of I don't really know what we can say about it until we understand what the actual like what's the so what of that. There? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it's I, I think it's is it optics more than anything else? Probably, right? I, yeah. I mean, I think it's not nothing. If he has reason to stay at two eighty five with ten percent body fat percentage, that's a really good spot for him to be in. Yeah, I just like, don't you know, know how much... you know what you're getting from him at that point. Yeah. yeah. He he played the season where he scored 27 points a game, he spent most of that around 300. And the thing is, though, like, if he did that again, the team's not going to say shit. (laughs) No, of course (laughs) not. Of course not. If he's an all-star and and, and he's putting up that kind and he's played every single game, he could – my thing with Zion has always been if he's on the court, and he's 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 continued to stay on the court and, and then had that production. I don't give a shit what he looks like. I don't give a shit like what he how he's working out and, and what he's doing. Obviously, it's like nice to hear like oh yeah, like he's super committed. And blah 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 blah. I only care about the results. Yeah, not <laughs> and yeah and and sure. and you know I think we have good reason to think the process helps the results and therefore we want a better process on his end as as his you know especially as we root for him to have a productive career in the, in the NBA and a healthy one. But yep. at the end of the day, results are what matter. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, p- point is being that you've got to at least he, if I'm making these same accusations to like the Lakers and like uh, about not being able to stay healthy, like it'd be unfair of me to, to not do the same thing for Zion who spent more time on the shelf than playing. So so that that has to be a factor too, um, and and that's why I kind of maybe I'm a little bit more bearish on the. So you, Pelicans you take Zion from, off this team entirely, and you run back last year's team, um, the CJ team. What where would you put their over under? Because I would put their over under at forty four and a half, which is where it's currently at right now. I think it's about um, I think it's about a five hundred team over the course of the season. Okay. So yeah, it's two. I mean, for me, that's two and a half more wins. Yeah, I mean we're both over on the Pelicans current over under, so I'm not I'm not right. debating yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's just about how many wins is Zion is Zion Williamson worth? I think is the question we're trying to get to here. A lot. And you're and you're saying a lot. <laughs> and I'm I'm saying it should be a lot. <laughs> because I, I do think trickle down economics work in the NBA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go on. I mean, I think I think when you have players that are that caliber and they're eating up a certain percent of your possessions, that means that certain percent of those possessions are not going to everybody else who are worse than that player. And, and, and so, and it also allows players who are worse than that player to face easier matchups. Like why are Chris Paul teams so good in the clutch historically? Well, because 
no one else is touching the ball other than one of the best caretakers and floor generals of all time. Like the floor for that is ridiculously higher because the bad people aren't touching the ball. Likewise in this over uh, let's say a hundred possession game, you give Zion 30 possessions, let's say his, his usage rate is about 30 or, or, or whatnot. Then, then those 30 possessions are not go are not spread amongst everybody else. And cause you know, if he's not on the team, some percentage of those possessions are going to go to Jackson Hayes. They're going to go to Garrett Temple. They're going to go to Tomas Sanaransky. And every bit of those possessions, like you look at like the, the margins for some of these games, like more often than not, it's like two or three points, right? And 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 two or three possessions can change the outcome of a game. Um, and if I don't have to give two or three of those possessions to some of the worst players on the roster and I, and I could give them to Zion instead – Hell yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the same with any player. Yeah. So that's what I was going to get to is that that's the same with any reinserting any, any good player into a, a, a lineup. And I think it's, it's, it's more about, I think when we get down to it, it's the, the Delta between Zion and the players who Zion is replacing and playing and taking possessions from. And so, and the player he's replacing right now is Jackson Hayes. And can you, is there a bigger upgrade in the league happening at a position right now maybe the Kawhi upgrade yeah but even even there from from where the the uh clippers were at the end of last season like in the play-in situation they had they had that portland trade so like there's you know they have coming they have Powell. they have right yeah yeah um it's a good question um i'm i'm thinking hard about it it's like i don't think like you couldn't you can't really say that about Jamal Murray in Denver. Um, you can't. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's be real. In in other words, no other team is adding a player who, when at his peak, was arguably a top 10 player in the league. Like that stretch from January to April or February to April, whatever that was, that was a top 10 player in the league what we saw from Zion at that point. Um, no other team is adding that after getting zero games. Well, I mean, like I said, the Clippers are, they're getting Kawhi. That's a top 10 player in the league, Yeah, but no other team is adding that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talk, I mean, Rudy is the, maybe the closest thing. Rudy Gay. No, who's looking with you? <laughs> I was like, are we not? Are we not counting? Are we not counting trades? Because I was like, wait. What, yeah, what's I mean, going so the Jared Vanderbilt to Rudy Gobert—that's a big one. Yeah. Um, that's a big one, but I I would argue that Vanderbilt and and Jackson are similar caliber players, whereas Zion's in a different stratosphere than Rudy. Jazz fans about to come for you on that one, but I agree. I Jazz agree. fans don't even have Rudy Gobert on their team anymore. They don't care, man. No. They're, they're they're just wallowing in their their self pity and Danny Ainge fake trades. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm running out of uh, running out of comps uh, because I I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 up there. It's got to be. It's probably at the top, close to it. So yes, I believe the Pelicans are a three seed. When healthy. 
I love it. I love it. I'm not there yet, but I love it. <laughs> um, or okay. is there any is there any bad team uh, or like any team with an over under uh, with like that you're overly the Kings. bullish on? The Kings. Their over under okay. is thirty two and a half. And a half. They are a much better team than thirty two and a half. In my opinion, they they made the right moves. Um, I think Sabonis and Fox getting to play together will be very good. They, you know, if they keep, if they keep Harrison Barnes, that's a good thing. Keegan Murray, I've been very high on, is a good add. Um, they added a who do they add? They made a couple other nice additions. Um, shoot, I like their offseason Kings because they they. They made some like very annoying additions where I'm like, ah, they're going to be super annoying to play against. You said Kevin Herter yet? Oh, Herter. That's the one. Yeah, Herter and Malik Monk. I mean, I think they're going to be dramatically better when it comes to their their bench. Like just their offense is going to be very, very, very good. Do, do we know what's up with Rashawn Holmes with the, the legal trouble from last? Like there was there was some pretty sh- shady stuff that was reported about uh, like d- d- like domestic domestic violence and I haven't I haven't done enough to to, to read up on what how where that's gone but it was it was not good it was not pretty earlier or when yeah, it no came idea. out no idea yeah so that, that's that's a I gotta I would want to look into that obviously before um going one way or the other but I'm I've but got 32 and a half like I, I still think even without Rashawn like they should be better than 32 and a half with Sabonis Fox Barnes Herder Monk improvement from Mitchell Keegan Murray. I like that team. Bet on the Kings at your own peril. You can, you can, you can live with that. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I know, I know. It's the because like the West is so tough, but I think you know they could be. I mean, I think they could be pushing forty. I th- I don't I don't want to say they'd be more than forty, but I think they'd be pushing forty. I think they're just going to be a very annoying team to play against, and they're going to be in it all year. Like I don't think there's going to be one of those things where like, oh, yep, by February the Kings are. Just on the picture again. Um, I think they'd be in it all year in terms of the plan. I think that's an interesting take because so all right, the Kings or the Blazers. I like the Kings better, but Dame has a better track record. So I would have to pick the over under is eight games different, <laughs> just so they're just so you know. I know, I know. I, I like the Kings <laughs> better, but I, you have to take the Blazers because Dame's done it and he finally has some defense on his team. But it is interesting because that there is no Western Conference team between those two. You've got you've got the Blazers at 40 and a half, and then you've got the Kings at 32 and a half. And that's a crazy gap for between like two teams in the conference, you know? Um yeah. and so it it it's it it's it's like very clearly showing the team, the 10 teams they think are gonna be in it, like in the play-in. And so that's why that's why I asked, because the Kings are well behind the Blazers in terms well, of it's, it's one of those things where like if Dame gets hurt, they don't have a CJ to keep them afloat. Anthony Simons was unable to do that in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the biggest on Anthony Simons. Is Josh Hart and, and Jeremy Grant, are they going to be able to do it? Maybe is Shaden Sharp going to be a thing? I don't know. Um, what's their bench? Gary Payton jr. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the I mean, one. I don't. I don't like the Blazers. I never have. I'll tell you the one bet I feel really good about is um, is Utah under thirty one and a half. 
Like that's oh yeah that that, that over under feels like a hedge on Donovan Mitchell, and there's no way Donovan Mitchell plays for the, for the Jazz this season. Not with not with what's at stake in next year's draft class. Like there's just I I just don't Does see. Does Danny Ainge care, dude? He's just out there golfing with those those Mormon senators in in Utah, and I don't think he gives a shit. I think this is all a game to him. <laughs> oh, I, I yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm definitely going under on that. I, I guess. Yeah, I, I just don't see any way Mitchell's on the team. I just, that doesn't make it. Would make well, can Mitchell to even lead a team to those kind of wins? Is is a legitimate question. I think he's very good, but without that defensive backbone, they got some interesting role players like Conley, um, Pat Beverly, Bogdanovich. Where's their defense? They got no defense. Vanderbilt, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, that's a nasty roster. Yeah. Give me I'll some of the players, the, though. Would you trade? I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked Justin. Would you trade Devonte Graham in a couple of seconds for Pat Beverly? What's What's Beverly's contract situation like? Expiring this year, thirteen mil. Oh hell yeah! What okay. that is? That's controversial. I'm I don't know. confused. I don't, <laughs> I don't think know. so. I don't think like so. Him. I don't like I don't like the guy, but I also like well, well I think he could help this team. This team more than Devontae Graham, and you're getting out of another year of paying Devontae Graham. So, yeah, I, I'm not thinking twice about that. God, can you imagine teams being harassed by Jose and Pat Beverly? And Herb. And Herb. <laughs> yeah. And Dyson. Yeah. Oh, God. Be fun. That's um, my. That's one of my favorite deadline acquisitions, or like, m- you know, middle of the season acquisitions is... Flip, flip Devonte for for Pat Beverly. Huh. Well, everyone loves playing with Beverly and hates playing against Beverly. Yeah, yeah, easy, easy. I mean, I think I would. I, I like targeting the Jazz for that kind of plunder during during the deadline. I would, that would be my. Yeah. That would be my goal. I would try to get both. I, I mean, we can't because of tax. But I would try to get Bogdanovich and Beverly, but just can't muster that kind of money. Um, it's not possible. Not. No. Um, yeah. I am last one I want to talk about though. I'm taking I am taking the over on my pistons. 28 and a half. Mm. How much did they win last year? Uh 23. 23. They win five a... more. Yeah. Cade barely played. Yeah, right. that's a good one. Cade gets better. Get adding Ivy, obviously. Duran. Um <laughs> They gave Mar- Marvin Bagley one of the weirdest contract extensions yeah, of the offseason. Made no sense, but good for good for them. They'd be a really fun team. That'd yeah, be the most I'm... fun twenty nine win team ever. All right, I'll take it. It's as long as it's over. <laughs> oh man, do you have? Uh, I guess we, we, we we've going to go on for an hour, but do you have one? What's your uh, if uh, not Pelicans? Don't say Pelicans. What's your favorite over under bet on league wide? I'm fine. You can say Pelicans if that's the one. But I mean, I was big on the Wolves. Uh, that's a good one. The mm, let me look at the league here. Mm, I'm just gonna stick with the Wolves. I don't like any of the other. Uh, Cleveland at 42. I kind of like them at the over. What's gonna go happen with Sexton? Take the qualifying offer. Yeah, I, that's what I would do at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but he's coming off an of injury, so it's it's I don't know, I don't know what's on the table. Like, like, is is there 
a one-year, $20 million deal on the, on the table for him. I, I mean, I, I agree with you about, like, just taking a short deal. Like, there's so much money coming from the new TV deal that, like, yeah, just do just it. bet Tell on yourself. yourself and, yeah. 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 The Cavs, the Cavs and the Wolves uh, would be my two favorite overs. Yeah. I guess in on the, on the flip side, like, what would be your two favorite unders? Utah. Utah's definitely one. Um, like, I look at any of those teams in the 31 range and think – or the high – like, yeah, right around 30 wins and just think to myself, get like everyone's really excited about it seems like everyone's excited about getting in the sweepstakes for next year's the top of next year's draft class. And so like I I, I can't help like scrutinizing those a little bit, but so Utah's definitely one and Lakers can't be a favorite. They're they're I mean, 45 and a half is just like it feels a little bit market driven because like no one no one is picking the I I, I don't think anyone is expecting like the the Pelicans to be worse than the Lakers next year after what we just saw the, over the past season. Like, like no one realistic is doing that. The, 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 ask the, ask Laker fans, bro. <laughs> um, who, who do you think they, they think that swap's not happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be I hilarious guess... if like the Pelicans like end up with like the, the 23rd pick and the Lakers end up with the 22nd pick. And then that's the one that swaps, and it's like, well, still, it still counts because it's still a swap, baby. Yeah, one pick better. <laughs> oh man, um, like, so I mean, I, I still go back to Phoenix, uh, but the the KD situation muddles muddies the waters there a little bit. Um, but like, if 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 KD doesn't go to Phoenix, and like that over under comes down, let's say one win, I'm I'm still I I think that's a that's an under I like a, a good bit. Um, which again probably is not a, a popular take, but I my like unpopular it. one is the heat. Which one? Which direction? The under. Oh, huh. they're at forty-eight and a half, and and I'd bet the under because because I believe in the Kyle Lowry decline. So that's that's going from the one seed, which they were at fifty-three. But um, yeah, I, I bet on the Kyle Lowry decline. I bet I bet on the they don't have a good replacement for PJ Tucker. Um, I don't like their depth. I think they're older. I think their their yeah. knees are getting worse. I uh, take the under on the Heat. That's that's the unpopular one I'm doing. I think I think that's. I mean, yeah, they 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 have the uh, more age concerns than I think a lot of teams in the league. So don't I don't hate that. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm looking. It's wild. It's crazy to see the Spurs as the lowest over under in the entire league. 22 and a half. And somehow they're going to like beat us on a random Tuesday in San Antonio. <laughs> it's going to be so annoying. It's gonna be like it's Keldon be... Johnson making 14 threes. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what's, what's your pick on the next 39 and a half? I'd say over. If they get rid of Randall, it's a hundred percent over. But I would say it's, over. It's wild because, like, I feel like those like Lakers and Knicks betting laying lines are almost always inherently inflated a little bit because people. Yeah, like but to they bet won thirty-seven teams, last year, and like they did. Brunson making two Brunson. wins better, and they had like zero point guard play. And I do think Brunson makes them at least two wins better. Yeah. 
And I liked Hartenstein. Hartenstein's a good pickup for them. It is interesting though, because I feel like I feel like I would expect to want to take the under on them because like they're if you if you think they're the odds on favorites for Donovan Mitchell, then you wouldn't expect that their over under would be a little bit higher to account for that that the that likelihood. But it doesn't seem like that, at least to me. And which makes which then makes me wonder does like does Vegas think that them trading whatever they'd have to trade for Donovan Mitchell make them that much better? Which is, I don't know, maybe I'm talking myself into a circle here, but I'm surprised no. at the, yeah, I'm surprised about where, where it is. Um, cause it, there's, there's I an under that I, I like that I think is a little bit sneaky because it's a little bit dangerous one, but I like the Charlotte under. I was looking at them. Two um, reasons. One, 36 and a half for those yeah, wondering. Yeah. Two reasons. One, Steve Clifford. Terrible coach for a LaMelo Ball team. You want one of the most creative uh, personalities and players in the league to be stifled by a Stan Van Gundy dis- uh, disciple. Like, like this guy will not let you run. He plays a very methodical style of basketball. You, you want to grab all the rebounds and turn over the ball uh, very few uh, amounts of times, uh, control the pace, blah, 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 blah. It's so boring. It's exactly what Stan Van Gundy does. Um, yeah, I, you know, there aren't they like? Didn't they bring back Kemba? Did that did that officially happen? I uh, don't know. I don't know. If they bring back Kemba, I wouldn't be surprised if he benches the mellow and plays Kemba. Um, <laughs> regardless, regardless, that's a terrible fit. I can see a clash happening. Um, and then the other thing is they didn't improve their center position. Um, Right, they did not improve their center position. They still have Plumlee and no, they yeah. Because they they got they had Duran for a hot second, and then that didn't happen. Right, <laughs> that was a clusterfuck of a trade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like seven people had five picks at that, <laughs> during that trade. Anyways, um, and then and then the Miles Bridges stuff, and yeah. I I think mm-hmm. he should not be allowed to play. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, if if he's not playing, they're not going to be as good as they were last year. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a good one. Um, I, yeah, I, like I, I feel like you know it's the whole they have a lot of young guys, and you would think that there's going to be internal improvement. And and Steve how, Clifford is the coach for young guys. That's bad hiring. Bad hiring, MJ. Bad yeah. hiring. Bad. bad. Um, but yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I think I, I, I agree with you on the, on the, on the Charlotte pick, but anyway. Um, oh, well, I think that's it. I, th- I don't yeah. want to talk any more about over-unders. Okay. Thanks for listening, folks. Hopefully this, this hour and 15 minutes is enough to tide <laughs> you over for the next podcast we do. <laughs> Appreciate it. Shout out DraftKings and shout out Royal Honda. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got.